it's time to light some money on fire, and it's an exciting day because guess what, people? It's the first day of the NBA regular season. So many new opportunities to lose money. It's going to be so great. We are actually very excited about this. We are going to talk a lot about the NBA. We're going to give out our NBA awards very preemptively for the year. We're going to talk about the outlook for the NBA. We're also, of course, going to keep talking about the NFL, do our fantasy check-in, all the fun stuff. Strap in, get some flame retardant. It's time to light some money on fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I'm looking forward to this NBA thing, man. I, I can't wait to hear what dumb things you have to say about that league. Wow, did we have to start that way? Was uh, that necessary? I, 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 I don't know. It felt like the move. I just, went, I just went there. I'm the dumb one. Yeah. You're the one who said, and I quote... Blake Bortles does not look <laughs> like Pete Sampras. Yeah. I wasn't looking at a photo of him at the time, in fairness to me. But I was just going off of my very little knowledge. How of can Blake that guy like. ever be the smartest guy in the room who doesn't think that Blake Bortles looks like Pete Sampras? And yet he is. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess we'll find out today through, through on this, this podcast. show. <laughs> You're probably going to be listening to this podcast as you watch the first games of yeah. the NBA season. Hopefully. You should probably just do it kind of like a overdub thing, you know, turn the volume down on the NBA. Pretend yeah. we're commentating on, oh my uh, God, Kyrie yeah. broke his leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll give you some, we'll give you some commentary throughout the show. Yeah. And there's a pass by Tatum. Tatum gets to Horford. Horford for two. <laughs> Something like that, you know. Air ball. <laughs> there goes Fultz. Oh, it's a bad shot by Fultz. <laughs> You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so that way you can feel like you're really getting the commentary experience <laughs> and the lighting money on fire experience. All at the same time. Yeah. That's what we deliver. So we're excited to talk about that. That's going to be a bit later on in the show. We're going to start, as we always do, by reviewing last week's bets, of which we only were able to make one at yeah. the price that we said we were going to get it. We wanted to bet the Bears and the Dolphins going under 43 total points. Luckily, that line moved down, and Jonathan decided not to bet it. It went all the way down to 40.5. Yeah, it just kept going. I, it was down a little bit when I, uh, by the time we were done with the show even, and so I was just waiting for it to bounce back, and it, it just kept going. It's like everyone listened to our show and acted on it, man. And uh, that's too <laughs> bad for them because the, the over came in in a big way. Yeah. Pretty, even for 43, not even. Pretty big way for sure it was uh it was weird because at the very beginning it, it, it looked like the over was not going to come in at all it was like seven nothing for a while but it ended up coming in at 59 points were scored it was overtime but still just a field goal in that overtime. was a pretty brutal game as a bears fan yeah 31 28 miami wins uh, i mean there was a couple things that really sucked about that game most notably two sequences one being when there was like a six yard screen pass to Tariq Cohen that went for a touchdown, mm. which was then called back on offensive holding. And the next play, the true, true threw a pick pick in the end zone, end zone. That was a big swing. And then in overtime, of course, we had a chance to win the game with the field goal, 53 yards, which is not, not a gimme by any means, but it had the distance, but went wide, right. And then the dolphins drove down yeah. and hit their own field goal. And that was that. Yeah. I never and really had very, a very disappointing. Never really had a chance. Here's some good things. If you're a Chicago bears fan, which I know you are anyway, that you can take, um, not from the game, but from the overall situation, the bears currently are leading the NFC North with a three and two record. That's pretty swizzy. Uh, they are officially ahead of green Bay and Minnesota who are both three, two and one. Mm. Um, they also have the best point differential in their division and the second best point differential in the NFC at plus 43. 
That's mostly from one game, 48 to 10. Yeah, that is correct. That's mostly from one game. But, um, I mean, there is obviously reason for optimism here. It's tied for second in the league. There is reason for optimism. Like the, the Troop Troop, he's, he's not polished yet, but he's definitely showing signs of, of potential which is exciting for a Bears fan because we haven't had a quarterback with that for a long time. Yeah, is the potential to keep blowing games like he did in Miami when he threw that pick. Why pick. are you so mean, man? I like I had f- fucking Rex Grossman and Jay Cutler <laughs> and then a bunch of garbage you after that. Just drop Tom I, Brady. What's the problem? Just get Tom just Brady. Let me, it's be, easy. Well, let me get excited about a quarterback. I mean, he, you were the guy who like two weeks ago was like, I don't feel good when they're three and one. I don't like having hope. Now you're now you're fighting for hope again. Pick a side, bro. Pick a side. That was when they were one and one. I said I don't want them to be three and one. And guess right. what? I was right because they lost when they were three and a one. So I guess I was quite prescient on that matter. Explain. Do you want hope or not? Do you want to hope for things or not? Because you were saying you didn't want to feel hope that didn't feel good. Now you're fighting for hope and saying I shouldn't be tamping your hope down. Pick a side. I don't want hope. I want guarantees. (laughs) Right. Well, with Mitch Trubisky, you got him, buddy. You got him. I mean, he's he's that. All kidding aside, he is the most exciting quarterback we've had in my lifetime. I think that is probably true. Yeah, but that is more about the other quarterbacks than about him. Yes, it is, and that that does include uh, a championship run with Rex Grossman, who is definitely not an exciting quarterback, no. and an NFC title run with Jay Cutler, who was a real jerk. Were you not alive for the uh, Jim McMahon run? I was born in '86. That happened in '85. So, so no. So no. I was I was alive for. I it. killed the Bears. <laughs> That's by right. Getting, by From the moment born. you were born, they've never won a thing again. Yep. Nice job. I mean, they did, they did go to one Super Bowl and lose. somehow they went to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Yeah, I really think. As another Bears aside, real quickly, I I think there is an argument, a, a small argument for Devin Hester being an MVP consideration that year because it wasn't just the touchdowns. He changed the field position dramatically. Their average starting field position was significantly better than any other teams because nobody would kick to him. I think you've mistaken this sports betting podcast in 2018 for like a Chicago sports 2006. Know, local, yeah, from 2006, like a Chicago, local Chicago sports couple, podcast. A couple years from, couple years from now, we're going to get Carlos Boozer. <laughs> so, <laughs> anywho, um, so that was one. We did have another bet, which ended up being successful, but by the hair of our chinny that chin was, chin. We really... We got lucky on that one. Well, we did and we didn't. So let's let's talk about it. So we, we had Atlanta minus four and a half against Three Tampa. and a half. Oh, three and a half. You're right. Against Tampa, thank God, actually. Well, not thank God. No. It was they covered either way. Um, but minus three and a half against Tampa. And uh, and what happened was, to, actually, Atlanta was up 21 to 7. Yeah, we saw So felt they pretty, were looking just fine. Felt pretty good. And then suddenly they weren't looking so good. And it, it came down to Atlanta had the ball with about two minutes to go, two and a half minutes to go. And they were on their own. They were on, excuse me, the Tampa Bay 40-yard line. It was fourth and long. It was like fourth and five, actually. We were, we were saying, oh, this is unlucky. They're probably just going to go for it and try and win the game here or punt. Those are like the two moves, right? They're just never going to try and kick a 57-yard field goal, which is the only way we can cover. Yeah. Because we get very lucky on their go for it and they score a touchdown. Because if they get the first down, they're just going to kneel down because Tampa was out of timeouts. Um, but no, lo and behold, they bring in Matt Bryant, who... No problem. Well, it was straight anyway. It barely cro- made the crossbar, but it was straight on and true. 57 yards, and they hold, and they cover, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. It was wonderful for us. It was highly unexpected, and yeah. I think it must have been the wrong decision. Like, they, they must have such extreme confidence in Matt Bryan for that to be the right I mean, that's, decision. That's what it is, right? They, he's, he's delivered for them for so long. Like, but it's a 57-yarder. I, I mean, know. He just barely hit it. 
Like your percentage of getting the first down is probably better than him hitting a 57 yarder. It probably is. And then you give them worse field position when you don't hit the first down, by the way, as opposed to because you add 17 yards to the line of scrimmage or sorry, had, seven yards to the line of scrimmage. That had to be the wrong decision. Thank God they don't know what they're doing because that was, you know, that was a bet we by, won. By the way, Matt Bryant on that kick hurt himself. He's now out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. But yeah. they got the W and they needed it. They improved to two and four. They had to have that win to have any chance at all to make the playoffs. So nice job, Atlanta, for hanging in there anyway. Um, so we got that win. That takes us to 6-5 and five on the year. Actually, when we, if you include the loss from the Bears, still are uh, barely, barely showing profit here. Feels good. Yeah. Not going to lie. Feels pretty, pretty. That's why everybody gets into it, to barely show a pretty, profit. Hey, hey, hey. We were 0-3 to start this season. So we're 6-2 and two in our last eight. So, like... I feel like we're Look just out, super world. hot. We're like the 76ers last year who won 17, 16 in a row, and everyone's like, oh, my God, these guys are legit. They could, they could go to the finals this year and all that stuff, and then they you know, got crushed they in won the second the, round. They won the NBA finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be the 76ers, or are we going to be? I mean, being the 76ers isn't so bad. I would take being the 76ers. We should do a different analogy and talk about how the first three games were like the regular season for the Golden State Warriors, who didn't finish as the first seed, but then in the playoffs, they win the championship. So let's win the championship. I just feel like that's very unrealistic for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really just We need too to get much. our stats guy to make our bets for us if we want that to happen. I mean... He's not here today. No, he sure isn't. So anyway, so that's that's what happened. Anything else notable in the in the NFL before we get to like the play more player specific fantasy check in segment, which we're about to do? Why don't we just up? use the fantasy check in to talk about that? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Time for some. Fantasy jacket. <laughs> I feel like you just gave yourself like a pulled muscle somewhere from doing that. Oh man. Did you just pull your back muscle? I hope I think people should use that little recording right there as a drop for lots of things. Not just for fantasy football related things, just for anything at all. Like PowerPoint presentations at work, you know? That was good. You could use that. It felt like it came from a place of depth <laughs> and uh, and understanding. Depth, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I went. I was diaphragm for sure. This is how singers do it, you know. Yeah, like John Cougar Mellencamp, or like, just John Cougar, I guess. No, it's not just. It's just John Mellencamp. You got. You went no, the wrong way. He's John Mellencamp. Yeah. He's not John Cougar. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How do you not know that? Uh, how would I know that? Because I, I keep track of John Mellencamp. Why would you think it was John Cougar? Because that's first of all, that, I think that was his original name. I think he originally. I think he first started as John Cougar. But that's like the that's the distinctive part. John Cougar, not John Mel- Mellencamp, is like a weird name. Wouldn't but Cougar's like a cool name. Obviously, a rock he's and trying roll to star. pivot towards Me- Mellencamp. If he added Mellencamp, like logically, yeah, no, it's, like Jefferson, it's like Jefferson Starship, which became Starship after starting as Jefferson Airplane. It's the same thing. You should have. You should have known that. I really didn't, and I don't feel bad about it. I think it's a badge of honor that I will wear. All right. I did not know Well, that. you certainly, it's probably pretty easy for you to get pumped up about your badges of honor. If that's fuh, a fuh, fuh, fuh. Fantasy check-in! <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, I'm just going to do that anytime I don't like where the direction is going. Okay. This show. Well, I guess you better start fantasy check-in then. All right. So uh, some notable things happened. Le'Veon Bell did not report again. <laughs> yeah, that's... We, he said he was going to report on the week seven bye. He did not show up on Monday. He did not show up on Tuesday. Um, the Steelers have now said they do not expect him to show up this week at all. He could still show up next week. Apparently, he still has not been in contact with the Steelers. And now the belief is that everyone was wrong and he's not showing up till week 10. This is a very strange situation. Let me ask you from a fantasy point of view. So James Conner is the number four f- running back in fantasy. From a uh, uh, yards per touch perspective, so yards per touch, I don't know if it's career or just like first 200 or something like that, but I know in the last something like seven years for the Steelers, D'Angelo Williams 
5.3 yards per touch. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, 5. Point, uh, sorry, 5.4 for D'Angelo. Le'Veon, 5.2 yards per touch. James Conner, 5.3 yards per touch. Is this a system thing? Do you even need to have Le'Veon Bell? Is Le'Veon Bell even as good as we think he is, or is this being on the Steelers makes you great? It's really hard to know. Like, we assume Le'Veon's good. His fantasy numbers are always outrageous, and I would believe they'd be... I assume they'd be better than um, James Conner's right here, but I don't know if it's yards per touch are essentially the same. Maybe that's not true. I don't think it's a big enough sample size to make an assessment. That's fair. I think certainly the system helps. I, From what I've seen, Le'Veon passes the eye test in a way James Conner does not. I agree, but yeah. I wonder about the eye test with things like this, too. You know, there's so many other things in play that, you know, set things up or not. I, I agree, though. The I way, mean, it the feels way like Le'Veon is, is a better pass catcher. Yeah. feels like he is more patient. And he has, he has moves that James yeah. Conner doesn't really have. I James Conner just follows his blockers and then kind of, you know, sometimes finds a hole. I agree. At the same point, he's been just as effective as Le'Veon has been, at least from a yards per touch point of view, which may not be a fair metric. I'll yeah, give you that. Yeah, there's probably better advanced metrics. There probably use. are. Yeah. But that said, from a fantasy point of view, he's been a star. Yeah. Right? Like, if we were, if we knew Le'Veon was getting traded to the Philadelphia Eagles tomorrow and we were doing a redraft, where does Connor go? He goes, like, eighth overall, something like that? Somewhere 8 to 16 range, somewhere in that range. I mean, Le'Veon goes ahead of him, but Le'Veon still goes, like, top three, Yeah, I would guess. But, yeah, Connor... Like, Melvin Gordon goes ahead of Connor. Ezekiel Elliott goes ahead of Connor. Does any other running back go ahead of Connor? Kamara. Kamara, maybe... I don't know. Barkley. Barkley does. I'll give you Barkley. But, you know, it's like... Kamara had one bad game, and that was like... It's not that Kamara had a bad game. It's that he didn't get any touches, and Mark Ingram did. It, like, the, the situation has changed for Kamara. It That's has, the thing. but that was, a, that was a specific scenario where I think that was likely to happen in that in I mean, that did game. you predict that going in? You, no. Like, no one thought it was like... Like, in retrospect, I, it was likely to happen. I certainly thought it was possible. Well, you thought Marker was going to get was going to outtouch him sixteen to six I carries thought, wise. I, I mean, I did, I didn't have numbers in my head. I definitely thought, thought. I mean, like three to one. You thought it was going to be touches for I, Ingram. I no have, one thought. That. I have Kamara in a fantasy league, yeah. and I started him, but I was a little bit concerned. And this is this is true. I I was actually concerned because they're going they were going into a bye week. Kamara had gotten more touches per game than he ever had. Ingram hadn't played yet, and he hadn't. He's not coming off an injury. He's coming off a suspension, so he's fine. Yeah. So and. So I thought if they got up big, that might happen, and they did get up big. But that, but like they started Ingram, and he got every touch on the first possession, and they they were like all the way through the game were just like clearly featuring. If you Ingram. want to bet Kamara against Connor the rest of the season, you got it. Oh, I don't know if I do or not. I'm just I'm like challenging you on like Kamara being an obvious like guy ahead of him. That's what I'm doing. I have no idea if I want to bet Kamara. I mean, I think Kamara it probably does have more talent. He's got a better quarterback. He probably has a better system. But he does also. Also, the problem is Levian could come back. Of course, he's gonna like. I can't. I can't make that back. Because Levian, if yeah. Levian was traded, I could at least consider it. But I can't do it right. We now. could do a contingent bet on oh. if if Le'Veon never plays for the Steelers this year. The bet's on. If he plays oh. for the Steelers, it's off. That's pretty interesting. Oh, I want to do it, but part of me says it's got to be a bad bet. <laughs> I'm not ready to make that bet. I'll think about it. All right. I'm um, Steelers on by for a week anyway, so we, we can make it next week too. Okay. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Yeah, so the Camara thing is interesting. I guess we already talked about that yeah. last week, though, so we don't have to get into they that. They were on so, by. There's nothing to talk yeah. about with them. So we don't know what's happening with Le'Veon. That's just, you know, rinse and repeat. Uh, Connor feels like he has ultimately sort of validated the Steelers not paying Le'Veon and sort of like... It does seem that way. And, yeah. and it may be that Connor's this good. It may just be that you just need a pretty good running back, and that's fine in this system, whatever it is, but it's validated it. Other notable things for our fantasy check-in, Deshaun Watson had a horrific 
horrific game. He had 5.4 points in uh, relatively standard scoring, yeah. four point per touchdown passing leagues. That is, he had three turnovers, two two picks, one fumble, only one touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins. It was a brutal game, which they did win, but he was awful. Yeah, and this is kind of like a capper on what has been what I consider a somewhat disappointing season fantasy-wise for Deshaun Watson. I know he still is a top 10 quarterback, and he was, you said, QB6 going into that game. He was, yeah. Which is good, but based on the small sample we got last season, people were drafting him with the hope that it's like, well, this guy is a fantasy league winner. This is 2014 Peyton Manning right here. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's definitely not the case. It doesn't seem to be the case. I will say that um, coming into this last game, and it was against Buffalo, so like, come on, Houston, get it together. But um, against Buffalo, before that game, between before the red zone, the Texans' offense was as efficient as the Rams' offense. But as soon as they hit the red zone, they got completely stalled. And anyone had been sort of paying attention um, to like the Dallas game on October seventh, where they had first and goal from the one multiple times, at least twice, and they ran the ball. They had ran four plays and didn't get in once, and then ran I think three plays and kicked a field goal the second time. Like they cannot get it. They cannot score touchdowns when they have relatively easy spots to score touchdowns, Maybe and that is just a huge failing. That might be the best argument against the fungibility of running backs. It's possible that that's the point in the field where a running back skill is actually the most important mm. when they're not. There's not as much space, you know, because when you're in space, it's like the blocking scheme and stuff. If you are patient, you can be James Conner, not be that talented we think but still be very effective and maybe maybe the difference between Lamar Miller and Todd Gurley on the goal line is like enough of a difference that actually they're not fungible in that scenario maybe that could be true I mean you could argue other things too you could say this is where like the offensive line holes really show up like there's a lot of talk in Houston that their offensive line is just awful oh it's one of the bottom five in the league right so like so like on the goal line is like that's exactly where like everyone loads up, everyone brings in their jumbo packages, and like your your jumbo package gets dominated by the other teams. But you think you could just run a play action pass then with Deshaun, have him roll out and either run it in himself, make a play, you know, throw it to one of yeah. your really good receivers. You got at least two or three of those guys. Like this should work sometimes at least, but it really hasn't at all. Deshaun has ultimately been pretty disappointing. He has nine passing touchdowns through in six games, seven interceptions. He's averaging 300 yards passing a game, which is good, but the turnovers are killing him, and the touchdowns just aren't enough. Yeah. and that's He's got, what, eight interceptions? Is that what you said? Seven interceptions and nine touchdowns through six games. That's not just good. really bad. Houston, although they're three and three, is, are actually a really bad team. Oh, I think Atlanta is a better team than Houston, and Atlanta's two and four. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, for sure they're better. Yeah. Like, Houston's a trash fire, and Bill O'Brien's not going not gonna to be coaching this team next year. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, he's gonna, unless Deshaun, like... Suddenly, like, gets it together. Now, he did have bruised ribs, and they were he was questionable all week. But it's not like, he, not like the offense has been great before this anyway. They, they're a bad team anyway. But if he can find his form of last year, but now it seems questionable. It's been six games that that's going to happen. I wouldn't expect it to happen anymore. DeAndre Hopkins still putting up monster numbers, though. I'll say that. You know, we made, that, we made a bet on this uh, yeah. show about Michael Thomas versus DeAndre. DeAndre is crushing him in that bet. Yeah. So, so far, it's I mean, been a, it's still been a, bad a long way to go. Beginning to that bet for yeah. me, long way to go. Yeah. Um, other notables: Rob Gronkowski. You may know him. He's slow. He is lumbering, bumbling, stumbling, and only had three receptions against a Kansas City defense that gave up forty-three points to the Patriots in a classic Sunday night game. That was a great game. Amazing game. But you would think Gronk would be a huge factor in that game. He was not, although he did have two very big catches in the last five minutes of the game. But 
you would think he dominate the whole game. The only Patriots players who really dominate the whole game, I would say, is Sony Michelle. Like maybe yeah. a little James White. Like no one else really made. Chris Hogan had a pretty good game, but like Gronk is supposed to crush those guys. He really is, and. When he, these were some of his longest receptions of the year, and that allowed us to see him run. Yeah. Which did not look good. He does not look right. He looks like, I feel like I could outrun that guy right now. Like, he does not look fast at all. Yeah, it's, it's weird. He did throw a guy down. Yeah. Uh, on the first of his big receptions, which was cool. But still, also, I'll say this. So, in the, in the game, at the very end, Brady threw a deep pass to Gronk, who caught it and then got tackled at like the six yard line. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defender tackled him when he really shouldn't have because the Patriots were going to be able to do what they did, which is run out the clock to one second, kick a super easy field goal and win the game. You got to let the Patriots score. Right. And come back and try and tie or win the game and, you know, be it in overtime or go for two. And, like, you have a better chance to win if you let them score a touchdown there, even though it's counterintuitive. But not only did the Kansas City Chiefs player tackle him incorrectly, Gronk absolutely looked like he was trying to score a touchdown. Yeah. And although the rest of the Patriots, the entire drive, were taking their time, clearly using the clock, clearly trying to set up a last-second field goal the entire way. They were huddling, even with a minute, 10 seconds to go. They were keeping all their timeouts. They were actually really managing the clock amazingly well. Um, but Gronk, I don't think Gronk was part of that <laughs> well, <laughs> because he clearly was trying to score a touchdown. Well, there. because the reason he's playing through injuries is due to these incentives, yeah, right? He has incentives in his it. contracts, so he has to reach, and touchdowns are part of that, I assume. So Yeah, I would guess. Yeah, he's probably just trying to get that. I don't know if it's touchdowns. I don't know if it's games played. I don't know if it's yards. I don't know if it's catches, but it's some version of that stuff. It may even just be like making an all-pro team as part of it. But whatever it is, he's trying to hit his incentives, and he's apparently not practicing most weeks. He really doesn't look right. No, he does not at all. He's had a relatively rough year for Rob Gronkowski. In fact, not relatively, just no a rough year. No, no, no. He, uh, he caught a touchdown in week one. Oh, week one. He, week one was his good game. Eight, eight targets, seven receptions, 123 yards, one touchdown. Since then, he's had 15, 51, 44, 75, and 97 uh, yards. The last two, I guess, are okay. 75 and 97, six catches and three catches. But we saw, I mean, like against KC and Indianapolis, too. Those are like weak defenses that... He should be destroying. So I think this is the end of Rob Gronkowski as the uh, the ultimate tight end. I yeah, think I think so. Kelsey has officially passed him and maybe Ertz as well. Yeah, and there's a couple other tight ends, up-and-comers, who look like they could be like the next generation. Like um, Vance McDonald. Have you seen him? Just in? a little. I mean, he looks like old Gronk. Like hmm. he, It's crazy. Every, every time he catches the ball, he breaks four tackles. It's like yeah, impossible it's, to bring down. Vontez Perfect, you know, like the dirtiest player in the NFL. Yeah. This is big linebacker, he just threw him on the ground. He caught the ball. Vontaze Perfect had a perfect line on him. He kind of, Perfect kind of just ran into him and fell over. And McDonald just kept going. He looks unstoppable. It's right kind of interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, also, George Kittle looks like he could be like a pretty good tight end in the future. Pretty good. Yeah. He looks pretty good. We haven't seen any Hayden Hurst yet, but people are high on him. I mean, people are high on lots of guys, yeah. though. So we got to see it. I got to see it anyway. I will say this quickly, um, just talking about Gronk and the Patriots. So they played Kansas City, won a game, 43-40. It was amazing. Um, gives, gives the Patriots a chance to ultimately get the top seed, although there's still a game behind Kansas City because now they have the tiebreaker. But I got to tell you, I was impressed by Kansas City in this game. Yeah. And I feel like Kansas City is in great shape to go to the finals, the finals, the Super Bowl this year. Obviously, it's a lot of small sample size stuff once you make the playoffs. But uh, I feel like they're the better team than New England, even though they lost this game. The way that they scored sort of at will in the second half, they left a lot of points on the board in the first half. Mahomes threw two picks that were picks he's not normally going to throw, I don't think. I mean, the Patriots scored 43 points and barely won the game. I mean, that's not good. Uh, Yeah, at home. 
Yeah, at home. And, I mean, they still have Brady, which means, like, if you get him the ball at the end, he's almost always going to win you the game, as he's proven time and time again. But, man, the Chiefs look like they've got this laser offense that may be the best offense we've ever seen, ultimately. I don't know. It, it feels like that anyway. Are you a Mahomes believer now? I'm, coming, I'm really coming around hardcore. Watching him, like, that, that 75-yard touchdown pass to, to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, my God. And I know a lot of that is Hill. Yeah. But just... To, just like almost no teams even like think that way or able to like part of that is Mahomes too, you yeah. know? And like, it's just, it was really impressive what Mahomes did in that game. I thought, and he, um, he threw four touchdowns. He did have the two picks in the first half. He went 23 for 36 for 352, nine point yards, 9.8 yards per attempt. I don't know, man. I thought he looked fantastic. I really did. Yeah. And the Patriots don't have a great defense, but it's not as bad as it looked. They're actually okay. But, man, they did not look okay. They looked awful. I think the Chiefs' offense is going to make every defense look bad. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be true. All right, finally, really quickly, uh, you want to touch on Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, yeah. I was uh, worrying about two running backs last week, him and Kenyon Drake. Yeah. And you were like, Kenyon Drake is clearly worth worrying about more than Howard. And I agree. Yeah. But now they might be in the same category. I mean, Drake had a better game than Howard. Howard barely did anything at all in a kind of a shootout game. Actually, Howard had a better game than Drake. Oh, did he? Howard won 14 for 69, five yards per carry, um, and had one target that missed. Drake went uh, 13 for 57, 4.4 yards per carry, and had four receptions for 21 yards. But he also had a massive uh, fumble. Actually, he had two fumbles. But the big one was, of course, at the goal line, which would have won the game. And instead... I mean, huge. So I would, I both fantasy wise and just eye test wise, I thought Howard had a better game, although it didn't feel like it because both of them looked pretty horrible in that game too. The Dolphins were going to Drake at the end. I guess Gore was gassed or something like that because Gore looked great. Yeah, he did. That guy, I don't even understand it. Yeah. What is going on with Frank Gore? Is it PEDs? It's got to be PEDs. I think it's that he actually just works harder than other people. Like I've heard that he's the only veteran in the league basically who decides to practice full practice every day. Like every other veteran takes most of the time off during 15 for one Oh one. I mean, and he's been highly efficient. The dolphins the entire time have been saying they're co-starters and we've all been laughing about it, but you know, maybe they're just co-starters because, or maybe he's better. He's averaging five yards to carry this season. Like no problem. 50 yards on the ground per game, five yards per carry. No problem. Frank Gore, everybody. He's the new Curtis Martin. He has just always been good. So Jordan Howard, how concerned are you fantasy-wise? I'm not as concerned as I think most people are. I still think he's going to rally here, and they're going to use him more. I really believe that. Um, they like how, I know they like throwing the ball to Tariq Cohen. I think Tariq Cohen's going to be good, too. But the Bears are going to be winning a lot of games. They're also going to be in a lot of like slow, drag-out, punch-out type games. And Jordan Howard's the perfect runner for that. I disagree. I, I don't think they're going to be in slow drag out punch out you games. Don't? I think their defense is good, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that. I think the way Nagy wants to run the offense is not a slow drag out punch out game. He wants Tariq Cohen in there. He doesn't want Jordan Howard. He wants the versatile pass catching back. Like that's what their offense is built for. It's not built for Jordan Howard. Well, I mean, I hear you. Um, Cohen ended up getting, let's see, 12 touches. Howard got 14 touches. So like, you know, Howard's slightly on the better end of that. Right. Of but that Howard's going right? to get the, between the tackles carries that are usually not going to be that productive fantasy wise. And Cohen's going to be part of the big plays. I mean, Cohen was part of the big plays, um, mostly because of his receptions, right? Like he went, he had uh, seven receptions for 90 yards, which was pretty awesome. Like he had some really nice and touchdown, really nice plays there. Um, 
He actually did not have a he touchdown. Didn't? No, he had a running touchdown. No, no, he had, a, he had a running touchdown. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. I was just looking at the passing plays there. Um, Howard's going to get all, all the, all the you know, carries inside the five-yard line, though, which has got to be worth a lot still. And this I offense. don't know. I, I kind of feel like Cohen's going to outperform Howard the rest, rest of the year fantasy-wise. Wow. I don't know if I would bet on it, but I feel that way. I think I would bet on Howard still, but I understand why you're saying it. I mean, watching the game, watching the, the Dolphins game, really looked like they were featuring Cohen, even though it, they had the same amount of touches. It didn't feel like that at all. It's and Cohen just, got the flashy big plays. I mean, th- what, what makes me feel that way especially is not only Nagy's system of offense, but the type of offense Nagy wants to run requires a mobile quarterback like Trubisky. Trubisky is a mobile quarterback. He actually rushes quite well, but mm-hmm. he also gets out of the pocket a lot. So they're going to have a lot of spread offense plays where if they have a back end, it's going to be Cohen and he's going to be the check down all the time for yeah. Trubisky. And that's like when Trubisky is scrambling outside the pocket, he's going to rely on that a lot. Jordan Howard's almost never going to be that guy. Yeah, he's not going to be that guy. That's yeah. true. That's true. I think I would still take Jordan Howard over Cohen rest of season and even be willing to put money on it. But I admit it's super close and I wouldn't feel comfortable about it, but I would probably do it. So if you want to ever make that bet, we can. All right, All right. let's let's move on. Wait, I want one more running back. Oh, okay. Sony Michelle. Yes. What's up with this guy? Is he like a top 12 fantasy running back now? Is that just happening? It looks like it's happening. It looks yeah. like the Patriots have finally picked a running back. Like they hadn't done it for about 10 years, I would say. They finally picked a guy. And James White's going to get all the receptions. Yeah. He's going to run like six times, but all the rest of it's now Michelle. He's a violent kid. Like you would take Michelle over Howard in a heartbeat now, right? Yes. Fantasy? Oh, yeah. No question. I mean, I think if there was a a fantasy draft right now, he goes like, what, 15th, 12th? Yeah. Something like that. Probably probably in the second round. There's not enough info yet, but... I mean, it's been yeah. it's been three games in a row now. I believe. I thought it was, I think it's just two. Is it just two? Where really? he's been heavily featured. Now I got to look. Um, but he but when but I mean he went twenty four for one hundred six and two touchdowns, which was pretty pretty good. Um, no, it's three games in a row actually. Oh. One hundred six against KC against Indianapolis. Eighteen rushes for ninety eight yards and a touchdown against Miami. Twenty five rushes for one hundred twelve and a touchdown. He is the feature back. Yeah, he is. And. Uh, I don't see why they would stop. They, they've won all these three games after starting uh, one and two, mm-hmm. right? So I'd be really surprised if they feel like they've got something here. They've, their offense also, since he's been tearing it up, has scored 38, 38, and 43 points. So, I mean, it's working really yeah. well. So I, I think he's a great, great back to have rest away. I don't have him anywhere on any of my six leagues. I'm Neither do I. That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. If you have him, congratulations. Yeah. But you know what? What else we congratulate is the beginning of the National Basketball Association. Oh, Kyrie just crossed him. Oh, bad pass. Oh, oh here no. comes Simmons. He's going to go up for the deck. Oh, and beats hurt again. <laughs> and beats out for the season, clearly. Oh, it's going to hurt Philadelphia's chances. You can just play that at any point yeah. while you're watching the game. It's going to be accurate. Yeah. Promise. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, no problem. We have precognition. It'd be incredible, by the way, if either one of those you could fit to any part of the game and it would be accurate. It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't think anybody's going to take the time to do that. That would be, but I would be impressed. Okay. Let's talk about the NBA. Okay. So the way we're going to do this is we've got some different categories and we're just going to go over some of, some of them are traditional categories like most valuable player, but some of them are not traditional categories. We're going to do both. So we're just going to pick a category and we're going to say what we, what we've picked in that category. Right. And these are things you can bet on some of these categories, Yes, but these are not necessarily endorsements to bet this way. We don't, feel confident enough to say like this is a thing you should bet i mean says you buddy okay maybe i feel confident all right well you can give your stamp of approval i will feel super confident i have one thing i am confident all right so there you want to start with the most valuable player 
Sure. Okay. Who do you got? LeBron. Okay. I think it's time. And like uh, we talked about this as one of my potential best bets a while ago. The price was bad, but I think this is is a prime year for LeBron to become MVP where he hasn't had it since 2013. As you have said, maybe the Steph Curry's best year, LeBron didn't deserve MVP, but every other year, pretty much LeBron deserved MVP. Yeah. The voters know that I think, and he's going to be in a situation where he's forced to play hard during the regular season because the Western conference is really tough. Hmm. So, and I think the team around him is better than the team he had last year. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know. Kevin Love is better than anyone else on the Lakers. Yeah, probably. But, yeah. but that's but that's still overall, you're probably right. The Lakers have got a lot of young talent and a lot of yeah. So so I think players. LeBron's gonna get his last MVP of his career this I'm, year. If I had, I think that's it's reasonable like to pick that if you're not if you don't have to do it from a price point of view. Because like, I was saying like the price was something like you know plus two. 60 or something. Yeah, yeah, like no, that. no, not, like, not, consi- not considering price. Right, but we're not considering price. That's a very reasonable pick for yeah. sure. There's we can think of lots of good reasons. I gotta tell you, I don't think the voters would give it to Steph. I don't think they'd give it to Durant. It's gonna take like crazy seasons from those guys for them to ever give it to those guys. I don't think they're gonna give it to Harden again. They just gave it to him. They're never gonna give it to Westbrook again. It's gonna be really hard for Chris Paul to win it. Like we can eliminate a lot of guys right away. Yeah, I think the biggest threats are Giannis and Anthony Davis. And one other guy who I've got. Who is? Kawhi Leonard. Ooh, okay. Kawhi Leonard, man. If Kawhi Leonard is back, legit back, which he's playing, he played in the preseason. He put up pretty good numbers. No one seems to be concerned about him. If he's a top five or even top three player again, and Toronto could easily win the East. They could have the best record. They could be the number one seed in the East. No problem. If he's that guy, they won 50 some odd games last year with freaking DeMar DeRozan, right? Like with Kawhi there, like he's so much better. If that, th- that team could look like a true championship contender, or at least I shouldn't say championship contender, a true finals contender. Yeah, like Eastern Conference Everyone's contender. like, wow, they're clearly the best team in the East, which no one, that'll feel like, oh, that's unexpected. Everyone will give Kawhi credit for that, as they should. Yeah. And I think it'll be easy to say that. And if they look at LeBron, and that LeBron is one of the other guys who's a reasonable pick for sure, they might say, wow, the Lakers are going to win like 47 games, 48 games. I can't give it to LeBron because they're just like, they're like the four seed. I just can't, or the five seed. I just can't give it to a five seed. They may be struggling to make the playoffs for all we know. I kind of see the Lakers winning more than 50 games. Oh, really? Yeah. Without making a deal. I just think LeBron is better than you're giving him credit for as far as how good he makes a team. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I think he's going to make the Lakers really good, and they were horrible last year. So I don't know how much more credit I have to give them. But like, I, I think mean, they were the pieces on the Lakers. You just agreed with me are better yeah. than the pieces on the Cavs. Right, but the, the West is extremely hard, and the Cavs won like forty-eight games in an easy Eastern Conference last yeah, year. Yeah, but I think the Lakers pieces are like significantly better. Okay, but Houston, Golden State. I know. I mean, the top like ten teams in the West are all really, really good. They're like all, all almost as good as the Raptors were last year. I, I mean, know. I just it's really not the same schedule. I just feel like people are underestimating LeBron. I really do. I don't know, man. I don't feel like I'm underestimating, but I guess I guess maybe you're maybe I would say you're overestimating. So then in your mind, I'm underestimating. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway, I like Kawhi Leonard because I see the path for him to win this time, to win the MVP more so than Giannis because I just feel like the voters don't want to give it to a, to a player whose team didn't win 55 games or so, you know be like one of the top seeds, like the top two seeds, um, or do something truly extraordinary statistically, like Russell Westbrook getting the triple-double. Yeah. They just are really reluctant to give it to anyone else. So that to me, I step back, I'm like, wow, 
Kawhi just feels like the guy. In some ways, you can make a better case for Kyrie than some of these other guys because the Celtics are likely to win 55 games or more. And if they do, he's often going to be the leading scorer and stuff like that. The problem for Kawhi is statistical, though. He's, yeah. He doesn't put up that impressive of numbers compared to the other MVP candidate type players. Um, that is fair, but he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the league, and we're going to be reminded of that every day yeah. if the Raptors are really good. And it's going to be very obvious how... Um, how much better the Raptors are if this is if what I'm saying goes than they were when Demar was on the team, right? People will not be saying like, "Oh, this is the, Ra- the normal Raptors; they're going to win 58 games and you know losing the second round again." Like, no one's going to think that if Kawhi's killing it, you know. Also, maybe Kawhi will um, will do a little better statistically. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I feel like Kawhi always averages like 24 points, seven rebounds, and three assists, yeah. and that's not MVP numbers. No, that's, that that is fair. I mean, he's finished as high as like third in MVP voting anyway because he's so good defensively, yeah. right? Anyway, if he if he really transforms the uh, Raptors, I mean, people were talking about Kyrie last year as a potential MVP candidate, and he does like twenty two five and three. I mean, like they are not impressive numbers either, but like he's in the conversation. I mean, really? I'm just saying. Was there ever any chance that Kyrie was going to win MVP? I don't think so, but I will say that like there are significant amounts of the media who at like the halfway point had him as their number one guy or number two guy. Really? Significant, significant guys. Are, you just mean Bill Simmons? No, no. Like the PTI guys had him that way and, you know, other NBA writers, not, not a lot of them, but the, he was like constantly mentioned as a real guy. Even like the um, dunked on guys often had him in the top five. I mean, just saying like top five doesn't win you MVP though. No, it doesn't. But if he hadn't gotten hurt, the Celtics win three more games. I don't know what happens. He does not win MVP. I'm just saying, I don't know what happens. He absolutely does not win MVP. <laughs> there is like no chance of that. Well, I guess Harden probably wins either way. They won like 66 yeah, games. Yeah, like right? Lillard finished fourth in MVP voting, but he had no chance to win MVP, right? Correct. Correct. Same, same as Kyrie. No one had Lillard as, at one, though, at any point in the season, but people did have Kyrie at one, During, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but it's, it's a, because they give the Celtics, because the Celtics are were looking like the number one seed, and they just pick the best player During on the team. During the Blazers' 16-game win streak, some people did have Lillard as MVP, like actual NBA writers. Okay. I mean, I imagine very few. <laughs> um, same with Kyrie. N- it's not the same. I'm telling you it's not the same because the Celtics, this is what, what happens, right? And this is what's going to happen this year, potentially. This is why I like Kawhi, really, but it's the same thing. If the Celtics are the clear number one seed in the East, and that they are like the clear best team in the East, it's going to be hard to find someone else to give it to besides the best player on that team, on the Celtics team. They're just going to look around and be like, well, we don't, we're not giving it to Steph. We're not giving it to Durant. We're not giving it to Harden. We're not giving it to freaking Westbrook. LeBron is the team is only going to win 48 games. We're not going to give it to him. Kawhi and the Raptors are a little bit of disappointment. We can't give it to him. So by default, we just feel like we have to give it to Kyrie. Like, that's what happens sometimes. That's how Allen Iverson won the freaking award. You know, like, but he didn't play in an era with so many great players. That is true. That is true. But I'm saying like a lot of these players are sort of going to be knocked out because of the way the writers view them. Like a lot, like they're not going to give it to Harden again, no matter what he does. Do you want to make a MVP bet? You versus me. I take LeBron. You take Kawhi. One of them has to win for the bet to be won. It's not how high they face. I mean, I, I I shouldn't do it because I know what this, the prices are on these things and you're getting like three to one on me on the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the actual, by the way, Ka- um, Kawhi is on uh, Pinnacle right now, I think, plus 988, and on FanDuel, like plus 850 to win. And LeBron is like, yeah, under like plus 275. So, like, I really, I really can't do that because the world is saying I'm wrong. But, um, but I, but I, but I'm going with Kawhi. Okay. Um, cool. 
Yeah, if I'm going to do that, I should just bet on Kawhi to win the MVP yeah. and get 10 to 1, you know, or 8 to 1 or something. Right. And by the way, I am looking to do that. I, I really might do that. Okay. Um, all right. Moving on. Rookie of the year. Uh, I know who you're taking. You know who I'm taking. Because yeah. you, you have... How many Valentine's cards have you sent to, to Luka Doncic, even though... February is so many months away. We're like halfway. February is as far away as it could be. You've you've sent so I, many. Like, are you there's saying, like lipstick kisses on those freaking cards? Are you? Do you think that Luca doesn't deserve to know that he's loved <laughs> in other months? I feel like Luca knows he's loved, man, because of the emails. You know, he blocked the, the, my email. the DMs. <laughs> he blocked all that stuff. It's got to be snail mail. He can't block that. Well, you know, you keep on creating new new burner accounts in your Twitter though, so he never knows. You know, you're like Luca fan number six. Biggest Luca fan ever, you know, stuff like that. And anyway, all, yes, all I'm you. taking Doncic. Of course you are. I am imagining That's crazy. Not crazy. I'm imagining a scenario where he averages like 18, 8, and 6 his rookie yeah. year and wins MVP. That's a very reasonable scenario. Um, if I had to place money on it, I would take Doncic too. He would definitely be my favorite. But I'm not I don't have to place money on it. So I'm taking somebody else because I can see can a I, scenario. Can I guess? Yeah. Try and think through the possible candidates here. You're not going to take Wendell Carter Jr. just no. to spite me. That's right. I would never take a bull. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's Aiton. I strongly considered Aiton and decided against it at the end and went with Bagley. Bagley, because he's going to have so much usage. They're going to play that kid every day. Um, they want to, they're, they're not, they want to, they're not going to be tanking. Um, Bagley's on the Kings, by the way. Doncic is on the Mavericks. For those right. who don't follow oh, the NBA good. super yeah. clo- closely, um, the Mavericks actually were part of getting Doncic. Is they're still trying to win a little bit, right? They have, yeah. still have Dirk and all that. So there's a chance that, um, in my mind, that Doncic actually may, you know, have to sort of subsu- take a smaller role at times because, like, the Mavericks are actually trying to win games versus Bagley, where they're going to be like, just give Marvin the ball, man. And so, so I've and Bagley looked great in summer league. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's going to score a lot of points and get a lot of rebounds just by default because he's going to be in the post and they're just going to keep giving him the ball. But if you were to bet, you would actually bet on Doncic. Um, I think Doncic has the most ability and they're going to be they're going to give him a lot of chances to win. And actually, voters do care about wins, even though they shouldn't in Rookie of the Year. They, they should not care about that. But at the same point, I don't think Doncic is the type of guy. It's because you said they brought him in because they're trying to win now. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I think they're going to play him in the times when they're trying to win because he is good. And I uh, agree. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying his stats may suffer a little bit. He's going to take like maybe a few less shots because they're trying to win and they're you know setting up Dirk for something you yeah. know, and things like that. It's just we've never seen a player like this before. Well, we'll find out. EuroLeague MVP at age 18. Never happens. Understood. We're going to find out what that means really soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really curious to find out what it means. Me too. Me too. I, I mean... I make it. I mean, you're so pro Doncic. It makes me sound like I'm anti Doncic. I'm really not. Um, I think he's probably gonna, he's got a great chance to be really good. I just don't think he's going to be like a star in the first year, and you do basically, right? I don't think he's necessarily going to be a star in the first year. I think he is the most likely rookie to be a star in his first year that I've seen for a long time. I mean, Ben Simmons was a star. Uh, does that count? Why? Why wouldn't it? Because he actually was a year removed from college. Does that matter though? I mean, he was injured the whole year. Isn't he got like to he, learn all of the NBA stuff. Like he was practicing with the team and stuff. Like he would. He I mean, Doncic has been playing with pros for years and years. Yeah, and but years. not in the Maverick system. Like Simmons was around the seventy six system. So you think like playing a year in the system makes you that much better though? I, I mean, think it helps. Helps a little. It doesn't help a lot. I mean, look how many players play you know, in, in the same system for years and don't get any better. I mean, well, helps, I think yeah. Well, I think Simmons helps a little. It helps a little. Simmons and uh, Anthony Davis are the other two since LeBron that I would think would be in that category. Hmm. 
Was Anthony Davis that good as rookie year? Can't really he remember. He was really good, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Lillard was actually really good as rookie year, too, actually. Yeah, but nobody... Not, not star no, level. But I, I'm talking about preseason going into the year, oh, okay. the expectations. Like, nobody expected Lillard to be that good. Got, oh, that, that's yeah. true. That's for sure. Okay, so that's our rookie of the year. So we, we're, not, we're not really agreeing on much so far, which so is what, good. So what made you not pick Aiton, by the way? Because the Suns are bad, too. The Suns are bad, too. Um, Aiton's had some issues. They just replaced the general manager. There's stuff, weird stuff is going on there, man. They have a bunch of other power forwards. Not a bunch anymore. He's a I guess center. They got, yeah, I guess he is a center. That's true. He's a pure center. He can't even play power forward. Okay. But I, yeah, fair enough. Um, I think, like, I guess I've read enough about Aiton that I, I wonder if Bagley was just, is just going to, like, he's, like, more ready. You know, Aiden is a little more toolsy, you know, and like athlete and stuff like that. But he had some problems in college and Bagley yep. just kind of dominated in college. And like, I think there's no reason why Bagley can't keep doing some version of that. Not to that level, but some version of that. I think Aiden may struggle a little bit. Also, there's a lot more pressure on Aiden than there is on Bagley. Like a lot more, which may matter. I don't know. The Kings are probably putting a lot of pressure on Bagley. I mean, everyone knows the Kings are going to suck. Everyone knows the Suns are going to suck too. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but um, the bog people. Then just being the number one overall pick is a different level of pressure. Ask Markel. You know, like it changes the way you view the way the world views you. Just ask, just ask being Michael Olo Candy, man. I mean, there's a lot of number one overall picks that have not man. worked out. You know, now I'm not saying it's because they were the number one overall pick. It's possible though. Anthony Bennett would have a really different career right now. It's possible it's, he's just terrible. It's possible, but at the same point, Aiden was a guy who was like not weird to take it number one. Which, oh, no. Which Anthony Bennett was weird to take it number one. This is true, but Candy was a reasonable number And you one, actually right? kind of shocked me maybe a year ago. We were talking about first overall picks, and I was talking about, like, what's the expected value of a first overall pick? And you said the average first overall pick has about the career of Chris, Chris Webb. Weber. Yeah. Chris Webber. And I was like, no fucking way it's that good. I know. It's crazy. And then I went through the one overall picks, and I was like, oh, I guess that's that's right. So, yeah. I mean... That, that's a good sign for Aiden, I suppose. Oh, that is. I mean, well, because, like, all the first overall picks who work out work out as, like, you know, MVP candidates, yeah. you know? So that's part of it. Like, it's a really the, super top-heavy in that way. That's why it gets dragged up to Chris Webber level, I think, yeah. you know? Because, like, oh, my God, you get all the Anthony Davises type guys, right. you know? Um, and Tim Duncans and David Robinsons and Patrick Ewings and Hakeem Olajuwans. All these guys are number one Any non-centers or only centers? Just non-centers. I mean, what what's... what. What, what non-centers could possibly be? Magic Johnson, I guess, was the first overall pick. He counts. Ben Simmons? He was good. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's other guys. <laughs> um, Andrew Wiggins. LeBron James, maybe. Carl Anthony Towns, pretty good. Yeah. Um, he's although, a center. He's although, a center. Yeah, depends. He's depends a on the day. Also, he's, he's not a star yet, though, is he? He's like just not, he's still knocking on the door. Um, anyway, so eight, I was close between Aiden and Bagley. Ultimately, I decided Bagley is a little bit more ready right now. And... Uh, so let's, I was like, all right, I believe Bagley's going to have a, a better first year and has a, a better chance to win rookie of the year. Than right. I don't know. I mean, whatever. It's all, we're just, I feel like I'm just sort of picking straws out of it. You didn't want to pick Trey Young? I really did not want to pick Trey. Trey Young never entered the conversation in my personal brain. <laughs> personal you know? brain? Yeah. Not public brain? No, no, this is my public brain. Oh, yeah. But my personal brain is just for me. You don't want to know about the Jonathan's personal brain. It's not good for the audience. I think that's right. Takes you to a dark place. <laughs> you never get out. It's, it's bad. It's really <laughs> bad in there. Okay, um, next one. This is where we start to get a little more fun. Most improved. Who right. is going to be the most improved player in the NBA? I actually have five choices. I came up with two. It was and hard I, to come up with just one. 
Yeah, I'm. I I guess the job we have here is to to boil it down to one. But let's go through all of our Great. thoughts. Uh, since I have five, maybe I'll start. Please. I wonder if two of my guys are on your list anyway. My two guys. All right. My first one is Clint Capella. Wow. Okay. He is definitely not on my list. Yeah. Most improved. Yep. Damn. You love some yourself some Clint Capella. Yeah, because I mean, like this is when I have people that I really love. Now, Doncic is a, an outlier in this, but when I have players that I really love in a sport. It's because I saw over an extended period of time them play in a way that was like unexpectedly good. And that's what I saw in Clint Capella when I watched every game of the Rockets play the Jazz and him just completely dominate Rudy Gobert in every mm. way. And that was the playoffs. He wasn't as good during the regular season. Yeah. That should be taken into account during the voting. It's regular season, most improved. Right. So I think Capella has the opportunity to be like the third best center in the league, take a huge leap. I mean, what do you think he is right now, center wise? Eighth, is- ninth. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Because you were defending yesterday when we were just talking about him being ranked by Tim Bontemps, the 21st best player in the league. So for you to say you think he's the eighth or ninth best center, it feels like... I think that's what the perception was last year. Mm -hmm. And well, when the year started, he was not even in the conversation of top 10. Certainly not. And then he got better throughout the year. I think he's going to take another leap this year. Okay. So that's my my first guy. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Who else you got? Kevin Love. Wow. I understand why you'd say him. Yeah. Kevin, I mean, no one's really going to think he's most. He's actually improved. Everyone's going to be like, his, he's got more opportunity, but he'll go back to being. But a if Minnesota he if he goes up. back to Minnesota stats, yeah. like those that statistical difference might be enough for him to win the award. It's not impossible. I I don't expect he's going to win it. I don't expect his stats are going to be that good as, as good as they were. He's got some back issues. You know, he's not he's not the same player he was. I'm sure he'll have better numbers than he yeah. did for sure. I'm sure he's going to be a value at the the contract they signed him. I think they signed him like four year. 80 million or something like that. I can't remember. Something like that. I think it was more than that, but whatever, whatever it was, they, I'm sure that's going to be a value contract for, for Cleveland, at least in the beginning. And they can trade him if they ultimately, they're probably going to have to trade him. Yeah. But um, they're going to have to end up tanking, right? They're just going to end up tanking. They're supposed to, we'll see. I mean, Kevin Love is good enough. He may make it hard for them to tank. And, but is anyone going to be able to, is anyone going to trade for him in the middle of the season? We'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. But, um, yeah, I have a feeling voters aren't going to be super excited to give it to Kevin Love because they've already seen him do this, and they know the only reason why he hasn't is because he's been on a team with LeBron. It isn't like he's everyone. The perception won't be, oh, he's gotten better. The perception will be like, oh, he's getting more shots. You know, getting Perhaps. a little more burn. Yeah. Perhaps. So, so I think it's harder for the voters to vote for him as opposed to um, Capella, which which makes more sense that he would actually improve in, in people's eyes. What else you got? Uh, Miles Turner. Ooh, wow. None of these guys are guys I even considered. This is great. I like this. Yeah. Miles, Miles Turner. He's only 22 years old. Yeah. He's shown a lot of promise. He was injured for a, a bit of last year. And when he plays, he looks like he could be in the category of the, these elite center guys. He just hasn't quite gotten there yet. And I feel like he's got the ability to get there, especially with Oladipo drawing a lot of the defense. Hmm. I will say that Turner had a down year last year compared to his second year in the league. Um, he went from 14.5 points per game to 12.7. His shooting percentage dropped by uh, three percentage points as well. He took one less free throw a game. Um, what else happened? His free throw percentage went down only slightly, though. It doesn't really matter. Uh, his rebounding went down from 7.3 to 6.4 per game. So he, he kind of needs to take a step forward. He just signed a big uh, contract extension, too. Yeah. So the Pacers think he's going to. I believe in his talent. It's totally reasonable to think he's going to get it back together, and this was just a down year. But it's weird for him to have had such a down year. Like, it looked like he was going to have a big leap forward, and instead he sort of just regressed. Well, like, he got hurt. I understand, but he went 13 and 6.5. And that, that was his year. 
Like that's not what I well, expected to offer Miles Turner. On that, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's a good point. He gets if he goes to eighteen and ten, like it's like wow, Miles yeah. Turner. Yeah, which is definitely possible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's a good one. I like Miles Turner. That's okay. what, I think it's the one I like best so far from you. I think. What are your last two? Julius Randall. Julius Randall. Wow, this is great. Yeah, I keep expecting you to say one of my guys, and you just haven't said one of my guys. I'm not going to say it. one of your guys. I'm pretty sure the last one is not even on your radar. Great. Yeah. Julius Randle coming from a year which was a bit of a breakout year for him, at yes, least it was. from an analytics perspective. Uh, I don't know if his actual numbers were that much better. Rolla Bob uh, went on and on about how good Julius Randle was, though, yeah. whenever the Lakers would play. So now he's playing with Anthony Davis. Yes. And so he's going to have one on one on the block all the time. I see a path to Julius Randle averaging 22 and 11 wow. and being the most improved player because he's just dominant on that side of the block with Anthony Davis taking up all of the other side. I will say this. So he played uh, about 28 minutes a game. Sorry, 26 minutes a game last year and averaged eight rebounds. So if he got up to like 35 minutes a game, which is totally reasonable yeah. on this team, 11 rebounds sounds possible for yeah. him anyway. Maybe it's more like 10, 10 and a half, but still that's really good. He averaged 16 points a game as well, shooting 56%, by the way. And, the and this is a guy that, uh, along with Capella, like I saw him play some and I was like, wow, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Like he. His strength and speed combined, it seems like nobody can really match it. It's the pretty Pelican's impressive. Pelican's got such an insane deal with him. Yeah. Two years, $18 million when, like, Marcus Smart signs a four-year $52 million deal somehow. Like, what happened? Yeah, he'd rather have Randall than Smart, right? I, w- I absolutely would. Yeah. Like, starting a team, like, you know, blind to every, blind to all situational stuff, without question, I want Julius Randall. I pay more for him. I, I absolutely want him more. It feels very clear to me. So... I can't believe that no one else in the league wanted a pony up for this kid. And he sort of only is making $9 million a year. And, and in a really nice situation for him, though, like you're saying. Yeah. It's only two years, though. So if he has a big year or two, man, he could sign a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Which seems fair. It like, does. he might sign a max deal or near max deal with New Orleans after this, right? Mm-hmm. Although maybe Anthony Davis will be gone by then, and it won't matter anyway. Right. All right, last guy. Who's the guy who's not on my radar? Josh Hart. Correct. Not on my radar. And I think this is the type of player that is the most likely out of all the players that I said to win most improved player yeah. because he's not on your radar. Yeah. He's playing with LeBron now. He's the perfect complement to LeBron. He's a good passer. He's great in transition. He actually has the best. So like by advanced statistics, there's like three different numbers that I saw in Sports Illustrated that are advanced metrics for transition. Mm-hmm. And Josh Hart is number one in all of them from last really? year. Yeah. And LeBron wow. is an incredible transition passer. And Josh Hart is apparently a very good transition passer as well. Hmm. I think this could really work out uh, as a perfect complimentary piece to LeBron. That is a very interesting thing. Just to give people a sense, Josh Hart played 23 minutes a game last year in his rookie year. He scored eight points, shot almost 40% from the three-point line. Pretty freaking sweet. Four rebounds in those 23 minutes. Didn't really do anything else of note, at least for basic statistical stuff. But also was playing behind Kyle Kuzma. And there's actually, uh, there's been a lot of talk from... uh, Lakers writers and stuff that Hart is as good or even better than Kuzma this year, which yeah. is like, whoa, because Kuzma was pretty good. So that's a good reason to choose him as most improved. I like him the best of your of your guys. I do, too. All right. Here's my two. I have one. I really only have one. I started with Markel Fultz and Brandon Ingram, but really it's just Brandon Ingram. Because you don't believe in Fultz? I don't believe in Fultz at all. I'm a super down on Fultz. So like I can see the path him easily winning the most improved player. Right? Yeah. Like it's the Sixers are starting him. Because they want to make it work. But Brett Brown actually gave an interview talking about this. And he said, look, we're just going to have to go through the growing pains of it. You know, like the way we make the finals, the way we're good in in May is by struggling now. And he's sort of saying like, Fultz isn't really ready for this. Fultz isn't good enough. J.J. Redick is better. The team is better with J.J. Redick out there. But we're going to do this anyway. 
which is not really a great endorsement. I understand why he's doing it, but it's like, yeah, Fultz kind of blows, right? I understand. He's like, this is the way you win the title, though, is you like you bet on Fultz now, and Fultz becomes what you need him to become. But Fultz is not mentally that guy, and I don't think it's going to work out. So I'm crossing him off my most improved player list, and I'm going with Brandon Ingram, who you can see why I would pick him, right? Like, he's got all the tools. He is in an incredible situation right now where LeBron is joining his team, and he can be that number two guy. He's likely to be the number two guy um, to LeBron. Mm -hmm. As LeBron gets older, now this is going to be his age 34 season, LeBron may be looking to score a little bit less and distribute a little bit more to preserve his body for the playoffs and things like that. If he's doing that, Ingram may be one of the main recipients of that. Ingram could just blow it up this year. Things could go really, really well for him. I could see him averaging 20 points, um, you know, eight rebounds, four assists, a block and a half, hit hit threes, like just be like, whoa. So each of our favorites is a Laker. Yeah, I noticed that. thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. LeBron makes everybody better. So yeah. it's an easy way to do that. Agreed. Um, who do you like better after thinking about it between Hart and Ingram? I like Ingram because while Hart may actually have a bigger leap in terms of where he is to where he'll be, that's going to end up looking like 14 points a game. Well, Ingram will get to 22 or 20 points a game if it happens for him. And I think the voters will like that better. It's possible Hart does better than that. I mean, like, I mean, if that's we're talking true, about then he's most improved win. player, a lot of the years it's like, oh, I forgot about that guy. But some years it's like the Oladipo leap or the Jimmy Butler leap, right? Where it's like, I mean, Hart's not going to do that. You never know. I mean, you never know. But sure, you could say then about any, almost any player in the league, right? You could say, well, sure, he could have, like, I don't know why Nowitzki, we would think. Nowitzki could. Could right. average 32 this year. Like, Ingram is is primed for, for this kind of a thing. Hart is primed to have a, a leap for sure, but not to have a 20 points per game lead. Again, it could happen, but I don't know why we'd bet on him versus a lot of other guys who could do that too. You know, when we say Oladipo, yeah, Oladipo did it. He was the number two overall pick also. Like, yeah. it, like he had all the physical tools. It just he wasn't putting it together, and man, did it all come together. It did. So Hart was not the number two overall pick. Was Hart even a first rounder? I don't think he was. I don't think so. So it's less likely he's going to have some of the, the talent and physical tools that a guy like Brandon Ingram just has. Oh, like, by the way, another yeah. reason that I like Miles Turner oh, yeah. um, has to do with Oladipo because Oladipo, a big reason for his leap apparently was like he really hit the gym hard in the offseason mm. in a way that he had never done before. I've actually seen photos of it even because yeah. he was tweeting about it. Right, and uh, Miles Turner worked out with him this offseason yeah. and, like, did his regimen and stuff and, he's, like, said it was super hard and, it like, completely changed his body. Yeah, no, Miles Turner's body is, like, ripped now, and it really kind of... He was a little pudgy, even, yeah. like, six weeks ago versus now. Like, he, that's when he started, and, like, you can see the difference. It's very clear yeah. on so his that's chest. A good, that's a good reason to think of Miles Turner again. Yeah, that's also. not bad. He's, like, putting in the work, and uh, it's often going to... That kind of thing really he's does He's doing pay the anti-Jared Sollinger. I mean, Jared Sollinger did it one year. He just didn't do it every year. He didn't do a second very, year. I mean, he didn't do a great job of it that one year. He still didn't look that great. I mean, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he tried. Can he get points didn't for Didn't you trying? tell me Jared Sellinger is averaging like 700 points a game in China? Something or? like that. Yeah. He's like 43 points, 16 rebounds. So <laughs> something, I think it's actually in the 30s for points, but he is, I think he's literally averaging 16 rebounds a game and like a bunch of assists and like the whole thing, yeah. He's like by far the best player. That's cool. But can't make the league. Found cannot his, found cannot his get a spot in the NBA. Found his place. And he's like 27 years old, by the way. Yeah. Like in theory, they someone should want him, but everyone knows it's a bad idea. Okay, here comes my two most favorite categories. Oh boy. The two most fun categories we have. We have biggest drop off and bold prediction. There's one other category, by the way. Yeah, we also have first time all stars. Yeah. That's not as that's not as fun as biggest drop off and bold prediction, though, I think. Yeah. 
All right. How many guys do you have for biggest drop off? For biggest drop off, I actually didn't write anything down because I forgot about that category. Oh, but okay. I have some things in mind. Okay. I mean, I can go first on that. Yeah. Why don't you, you go first? I on have that. two guys, and I, I think I know who I'm going with here. One of them is Mike Conley. Okay. Now, Mike Conley only played 12 games last year, so you could, but he was hurt. You could argue he sort of already dropped off. He's 31 years old, though, and, you know, he's, if he comes back and is the same as, as he was two years ago, then we could argue he wasn't. I think Mike Conley might be closer to Cook than we, we might think because of this injury and stuff like that. So I expect him to really not be so great coming back. My other guy is a different guy, DeMar DeRozan. Oh, you think he's just not going to put it together in San Antonio? I think San Antonio is going to ask him to do different kinds of things. Popovich has shown, actually, that it takes him a little while to adjust to new players. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge took a full season in LaMarcus demanding to be traded before Pop changed the plays to make it more LaMarcus-centric. Yeah. And now that really ends up working out. Maybe Pop learned his lesson from that, but Pop has kind of got a lot of other stuff on his mind. As we know, his wife died recently. The Kawhi thing happened. He's probably not long for San Antonio. He's probably got another two years tops there, right? Yeah. So I don't know that he's going to be super motivated to make it work with DeMar, especially in a year when, like, there's no way they're winning the title anyway. It isn't like they're, they're not a true title contender. He knows that. So I could see DeMar really struggling. Now, and really struggling means, you know, still scoring a bunch of points, but his shooting percentage sort of falling off the map. Maybe he scores, like, 18 points a game instead of his, you know, requisite, like, 25, 26, like he has been scoring. And just, like, it doesn't work on the Spurs. I could really see it not working. I could make a case that it does work, too, believe me. But I could see how it doesn't, and that would be such a notable drop-off. Yeah, that's reasonable. What do you got? Anything? Yeah, I got uh, a player that changed teams and went to a Texas team also. DeAndre Jordan. Ah, yeah. I think DeAndre Jordan ends up on the bench by the end of the year. Whoa. This is not bold prediction, sir. This is just big drop-off. I know. Holy macaroni, this is not your bold prediction. On the bench. Yeah, I think DeAndre Jordan is pretty much done with being good. Like, Damn, son. His athleticism was his thing, right? And he's not that athletic anymore. He's still athletic, but he doesn't have what he once had. On, <laughs> well, this is great. He's 31 years old, by the way. 31 years old, yeah. I just feel like he's just not going to be able to put it together in, in Dallas, and he's going to have a big drop-off. I would just like to say... Just going to try and refute some of that with numbers for a second. Don't so, do that. Because you're saying, you know, he's losing it or to some degree. So la- since 2013, here's his points per game. That'll give you his rebounds per game, okay. okay? So points per game since 2013, 10.4, 11.5, 12.7, 12.7, and 12. So basically the yeah. same. Rebounds since 2013 are 13.6, 15, 13.8, 13.8, and then last year 15.2. Um, blocks were down though. Blocks were down to one a game and he had been in the mid twos, um, in 2013, 2014, 2015. So that's a place where there's clear regression, but like his rebounding is as good as ever, at least on the Clippers. He's done. (laughs) Um, shooting percentage went down a little bit last year too. Went down to 64 and a half percent instead of being in the seventies, like he had been the the previous three years. Um, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. He's still relatively young. I mean, 31 is not that bad for Deandre Jordan. Like not. I think he's going to be fine, but I understand. I mean, I said Mike Conley. He's 31, too. Like, he's coming off an injury. Like, what do I know? Like, DeMar. DeMar's 29. DeMar's supposed to be in his prime, and I'm picking him. So, I got a guy who's thing. still in his prime as another potential. I don't really believe this, but something that I could see happening. Is it Doncic? Nope. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook? Really? Yeah. How come? Well, his game is entirely reliant on his athleticism. Which yes. is it has to begin diminishing soon, and it could be this year. Um, I think he's a hyper inefficient player. Everybody knows that, 
But I think it, it's like, it feels like he's just always a couple meters away from going off the rails, you know, and maybe this is the year that happens. I mean, emotionally off the rails for sure. Also just like running with the basketball <laughs> too, too fast. <laughs> like, like pull a um, last boy scout and like be running down the court with the basketball, not even dribbling and just pulls out a gun and starts shooting his opponents. Yeah. Something like One that. One of those. Did you ever see that movie? Not no. a good movie. Don't see it. I did not. Avoid that movie. Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. It's bad. I believe you. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook, just to remind everyone that Grand Saint is going to, you know, have a big drop off, triple double last two years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's easy to have a drop off from that. I mean, sure. He's going to, even if he has some drop off, though, I mean, I, you know, you could also argue because he's so athletic, it's an interesting thing. Like you could say, well, if he loses athleticism, that's the thing that makes him special. That's reasonable. Yeah. You could also say he's got more, like when other people lose their athleticism, then they have nothing. Like the guys who are like only sort of barely fast enough anyway, now they're not fast enough. Russell Westbrook will still be fast enough. He's just not going to be hyper fast, you know? So he's got like more, more room to lose athleticism and still like be able to be pretty good versus some other guys. But he's also just, just not even 31 yet. He's about to turn 31. Um, so these guys are still in their primes. He's supposed to have another two or three years before this, I guess two years before he really falls off. But this could be the beginning of it. I don't think it's going to be. I got one more guy. Okay. Final guy. All right. Last guy. Jimmy Butler. Woo. Now we're talking. It's possible he's having a psychotic break right now. Yeah. So that's really the reason. Jimmy Butler uh, just wants money, right? I this think is so. just about, like, because he's saying he wants to go to winners, but he says he wants to go to the Knicks, the Clippers, and the Nets. Yeah, that's not winners. He said to Rachel Nichols on the jump that, um, he, tr- he wanted to get a max contract from the Timberwolves. They didn't offer that, and that's why he wants to leave, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's about respect and, you know, whatever. Not about the money. It's about respect. But, like, so all of this other stuff is really just, it's not really about Carl Anthony Towns' practice habits, although that may play into it a little bit. It's really that they didn't give him a max deal. Yeah. Because why, they why didn't want to give him a five-year deal and have to pay him this much money in his, in his age 30. For those who season. don't know, why don't you tell the practice story? Oh, man. So he finally came to practice... And this is just a few days ago now, too. And he arrived in practice, and he did a, he, they did a scrimmage, and he took all the third-teamers, and they went up against the starters, and they beat the starters. And Jimmy Butler was in everybody's face the entire time. He was yelling at the general manager from the floor in front of everyone, you need me to win. You can't win without me. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, he got up in Carl Anthony Towns' face. Um, as soon as it was, it was over, he immediately left, went into this interview with Rachel Nichols where he told everyone about this. He told them, he told Rachel Nichols about how he got up in Kat's face, said that, said him and Wiggins don't work hard enough. And he, I mean, like he said, Wiggins has all the, um, like the God given body. He said, um, Kat has all the talent, but they're not there because they don't work hard enough. Like he does. I'm sure this is true by the way. Yeah. But, um, like this is like team destroying stuff most of the time. Right. And Tibbs doesn't want to trade him. Because Tibbs wants to win, and they were good last year. They won, they won games with him last year, and without him, they're not going to. And everyone knows it because Wiggins sucks, right? Wiggins is bloody awful. Yep. And Cat can't play defense, apparently, or isn't really willing to try. Yep. And Cat uh, is obviously an offensive, you know, masterpiece, but still, like, there's more, for, there's more for him to do. He could still grow into more, and it hasn't happened. Jimmy Butler, that's an interesting one. Where's Jimmy Butler going to be at the end of the season? I have no idea. I'm saying Minnesota. I'm saying they're not going to trade him. All right. He's going to be very unhappy. Yes, he is. Or maybe they'll give him a big deal and he'll be happy. I don't know. But he's definitely made a stink. So that way they, have, they feel like they have to do something. Like yep. They can't just like, hope he goes quietly and have the season go on. All right. So that was uh, our biggest drop-off. Now we get to the good one. Our bold prediction. Well, it's a good one. Why don't we save it for last and do first-time All-Star first? Okay. 
This is this is sort of a quicker, easier one anyway. I, I for me anyway. Okay, what's what's yours? I got three first time all stars. Oh, I just have one. But go ahead. Is it Ben Simmons? Nope. It's not Ben Simmons. It's not. Well, I have Ben Simmons. That's a reasonable one. I have Jason Tatum. Reasonable. Yeah, these are just, you know, the East is pretty weak. Yeah. So those guys have a great chance to get in. And Donovan Mitchell. I mean, basically the guys who were the three best rookies last year. Mitchell, I think the Jazz are going to be really, really good. I think Mitchell's going to be the best player on the Jazz, and people are just going to feel like they have to put him in, even though there's a million good guards. I think they're just going to feel like they have to play him, put him in the All-Star game. What do you, what do you got? Yours, yours are more sensible because they're all second-year guys. Which oh, is, my God. Did you go Doncic? Nope. Who did you go? Uh, it auto-corrected to True Holiday. But Drew, oh, yeah. the guy who's been in the league for a while, yeah. and m- maybe is the most underrated guard in the league based on the Blazers series that we saw where he looked like the best guard on the he floor. unbelievable. He looked so good. He was... Wow. It was... Yeah, that that series was such an eye-opener in terms... I thought of Drew Holiday as just being like a pretty good guard. Like, him and Terry Rozier are basically the same player. And it's like, oh, wait. No, no. Drew, Drew Holiday, Holiday is, is like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like he's about to be a, be an all-star. You were almost at Hall of Famer no, there for a all-star. second. But that team could be really good if he really is all-star quality yeah. with Julius Randle and Anthony Davis. I and like Mir- that and team Miritich. a lot. Yeah. A lot. I mean, Randle is such an incredible addition. Like, losing Boogie Cousins but adding Randle feels like an incredible deal for them. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it all comes together, but I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Cool. True Holiday. Yeah, that's, that's a cool name. Yeah. Is True TV his, like, personal, like, uh, like vlog? Yep. True TV? Mm-hmm. Just, just ask so It's a vlog. Just asking. Presented by True Holiday. All right. Big prediction. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. So this, by definition, is something that we don't actually, like we wouldn't actually bet on. Right. But it's like, it could happen, and it's very bold to say that it might. See, I, I'm just going to say mine. Go for it. Okay. Mine is a two-parter. All right. The Toronto Raptors will make the NBA Finals. Okay. And the Houston Rockets will not make the Western Conference Assembly. Uh, finals. Okay. Explain your reasonings. Uh, my reasonings are Kawhi is going to be the MVP. All right. The Raptors are going to be the number one overall seed. The Celtics are going to take a year to gel. Gordon Hayward may not be all the way back. Um, someone could get hurt. Terry Rozier is going to be a free agent. Marcus Smart loses his mind. Um, Kawhi. Basically, it's Kawhi is going to be the best player in the Eastern Conference and, uh, and going to lead them through, basically. And he'll be the best player on the floor. Um, for every series he's in until he plays the Warriors. Okay. Um, on the other side, Houston, I think having Carmelo is really not going to work out at all, and it's going to not work out from like a clubhouse perspective, like where there's going to be a lot of more infighting, things like that, as Carmelo will be like behind the scenes demanding the ball in ways that the Houston Rockets are not used to and do not want and feels like really goes against the team concept, and it's going to hurt them in a bunch of ways. Well, at the same point, you're going to have all these teams right on their freaking heels the whole way. Utah, who's got a great chance to be excellent this year. Um, we're just talking about New Orleans. who could be, They won 48 games last year. Yeah. I think they're going to be better this year. I actually think the biggest threat to them is not those teams. I think it's playoff LeBron. That's pretty good, put too. Le, I wasn't LeBron, even thinking about that. Put yes. LeBron in a series against Houston. Yeah. I mean, he's going to average 42 points, 17 rebounds, and 16 yes, assists. Yes, and like, he is. Maybe just win the series by himself. He absolutely could do that. You're yeah. totally right. That's a great point. Um, so all those teams, they're going to have to get through, like, two of those teams to make the finals, at least one of them, and possibly two. Like, Also, Harden and Paul are not big-time clutch performers. They never have been in the nope. playoffs. And. That may matter. Like we saw it, we saw the, we saw it this time, right? Where 
I mean, I guess I guess Paul was hurt, so it's not really fair to put that on Chris Paul. But like they had Game Six and Game Seven pretty much in hand against the Warriors and couldn't hold them up. Now the Warriors are maybe the greatest team of all time, so I'm not going to entirely blame Houston for that. But at the same point, if Harden was the MVP and they were up by 17 at the half, basically both times, weren't they? I think it was 17 and maybe 12 at the half, and they lost both those games. The first one they lost by like 40 points. You know, Game Six. Like you're the MVP, man. Like win one of those games. Again, I'm not actually saying I expected him to win one of those games, but once they were in that situation, like, I don't know, I think a lot of, the, a lot of MVPs would have, with similar talent, would have won that, would have won that, one of those two games, and Harden didn't. Yeah. It's not, I'm not really even blaming Harden for that, but, like, he's never really hit a big shot in a big spot in his life, and that matters if we're talking about these really tough playoff series, like against LeBron and the Lakers, yeah. or the Jazz. LeBron, who hits five big shots every playoff series he's in. Right, but, you know. and is never going to screw up, like, yeah. basically, right? He's going to hit... He's going to make all those shots, and he's going to make your life hard, and he's going to have the best game you've ever seen. J.R. Smith might screw up, but he won't. Right, right. That was brutal. That was incredibly brutal. Can I challenge one thing that people are kind of taking as, as gospel these days? Let's and do this it. This is from a Chicago sports perspective. Oh, sure. here we go. Warriors, greatest team of all time. Oh, okay. Are we sure about that? Um, I don't say we're sure. No, we're not sure. I mean, like... It. We're not sure. It's, no. Would you say the most likely outcome had Michael Jordan not had a forced retirement for two years that the Bulls won eight championships in a row? I don't think that's the fair way to do it, but I think yes. Okay. Um, although I would guess that maybe they would have broken up the team earlier, but sure, yes. I think assuming everyone stays and all that, yes, they would have won those two in the middle, and then they probably win them all. Yeah. Um, I don't think that really is the way to determine it, though. I think the way to determine it is if we had those two guys playing, those two teams playing, like, who's better, right? That's yep. the real question. As I like, Jordan is the best player out of all the players. By a lot. By a lot. But then... Pippen is like the fourth, or like Duran is better than Pippen. Curry is better than Pippen. I think then Pippen's next. Yeah. But then I think you go a lot of Warriors before you hit Horace Grant or Tony Kukoc or Dennis Rodman, whoever you pick next. I don't know. Like, Rodman at his peak was pretty, pretty good. He was good, but Clay Thompson was probably better. Probably is better. Maybe. Um, Draymond Green is better. You, maybe Boogie Cousins is going to be better. Jordan, gonna, but Jordan might be enough. I mean, Durant and Curry are both so good. Jordan might be enough. I'm not saying I know. I'm not, I'm yeah. not declaring this. But I think it's very reasonable to say that they're, they're the best team of all time, or at least certainly think it's possible they're the best team of all time. I mean, they Also, did. they're going to win this year probably, and they might win next year too, and then it's going to be like, they're going to have won like what, five out of six? Is it five out of six? Yeah, it would be yeah. five out of six, and then there's going to be a lot more people saying that, right? What, if, about, if the they one, do that. what about the one they lost though? Like, yeah, no, that's that a good point. LeBron only, basically. Yeah, that was horrific. And Jordan certainly never lost. Jordan never even went to a game seven. No, right? they, they were, it was never in question that the yeah. Bulls were going to win the championship. Um, and I would see, I would make the argument. I don't think I can. I, I would make the argument. Well, you know, the competition is tougher now. But actually, that Cavs team wasn't tougher. No, LeBron is tougher. The rest of the team really wasn't that. I mean, I guess they, Kyrie and Kevin Love are pretty good. too, yeah. actually, that's actually that actually was a pretty good team. It wasn't just LeBron. On no, that I team. mean, that was a decent team. For yeah, sure. Kyrie's really really good yeah Kevin Love, you know what yeah because i'm thinking of the Cavs as, as they're currently constituted but Kyrie left after that not yeah. before so i think they're going to get a little i think it's going to be considered okay when you look back on it all because of that yeah if I, they lost again if they lose again like even if they lose to the celtics this year unless the celtics like win 70 games or something i think that's going to be a pretty big disappointment for golden state you know yeah. maybe not next year because then everyone's another year older but assuming no injuries or anything like that I don't know. I mean, they almost lost to Houston this year, in truth. So you can they make did. that case, too. Houston, without Chris Paul, was, like, really in command and probably should have won game six, right? Yep. Like, but they Could didn't. have had eight in a row, the Bulls. I don't know. That's all I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, Jordan quit on him. 
Maybe if Jordan didn't quit on him. Nah, Jordan bet on him and then got banned and then got so you're oh, So finally you believe a Bill Simmons conspiracy theory, huh? I believe that. What do you think happened? I think Jordan got bored and tired of basketball and wanted to do something else. All right. I don't know. It seems like... It seems really weird to think the NBA banned him for two years but didn't tell anybody. Like, that's not really how David Stern ever, ever acted, ever. Michael like, Jordan's a unique situation. That is true. That is true. But still, it's very, it'd be very strange. So I don't, I don't it's believe It's not like that. banning Pete Rose. It's banning Michael fucking Jordan. I understand. But also, like, a lot of other players, like, gamble and bet and stuff like that. No, like, Barkley never got banned for anything. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I don't really buy it. The round mound of rebound. Yeah. Best nickname in sports. Sure. Hell yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My bold prediction. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I would say it is slightly bolder than, bolder than yours along the same lines as the first half of yours. Take Milwaukee to win the Eastern Conference. That is definitely bolder than mine. Yep. You love Giannis almost as much as you love freaking Doncic. Those are your two boys right there. If they were on the same team, imagine... You would never leave your home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, my reasoning is that Giannis clearly could take a step forward. They have reasonable Mm -hmm. pieces. They hired Mike Boldnoser. Yeah. Giannis has never had a good coach. His coaches have all been garbage, not know how to use him. Yeah. Like, apparently in preseason, it's been like a revelation to watch the Bucs. They're like shooting a ton of threes. Giannis is driving the lane, has the lane all to himself, and they're playing four out with Giannis, like, running the point as a center-sized person. Yeah. Like, unstoppable offense type thing. Like, if it all really comes together with that Mike Budenholzer, Budenholzer, is that how you say it? Offense with Giannis. But, but yeah. Like, if we're in the world where Giannis has been this good but has been used incorrectly for his entire career, imagine the leap that's possible. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. That's pretty neat. Um, I would say the only problem, although LeBron has proven this doesn't have to be a, a problem, but like supporting cast, like Middleton's good. Yeah. Kind of no one else is right. really, right? So they need someone to make a big leap forward else. Some, like some people to help out a little. Like Thon Maker has to get better or something. Yeah. Brogdon has to take a step forward. Something has to happen. Maybe Middleton could just get a little better too. Yeah. But maybe you're right. Mean, but like we said, like LeBron just did it all by himself last year and he got to the finals. Like right. He beat the Celtics. Now the Celtics were hobbled, but still, he, get, he did it, right? Yeah. So... I mean, Giannis is going to be really good. Giannis, if that happens, Giannis is the MVP also, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Like, the, the, to me, the, there's only a few guys who can win the MVP this year, and Giannis is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is, is there more, or is, you said it was two parts? No. Nope. Oh, that was a thing. The first, that's, I that's said a good it was one. similar to the first of your two-parter. Oh, I see. Because you had the Raptors. Right. I had the, double, I had the daily double yeah. of both those guys. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Thank you. So that's bolder. That's definitely bolder than my prediction. Thank you. You're welcome. That's meaningful. I know. Doncic. Luca. indeed. Open the mail. Open the mail? It's a oh. Valentine's card. <laughs> Did you like the chocolates I sent do you, you this know, time? Do you know that you are loved? <laughs> <laughs> it's It must be so hard for you that he's in Dallas. Dallas is so far away from Portland, I Oregon. I know. Why didn't the Blazers trade up? I mean, they could have. I know. I mean, the Hawks traded down. The Hawks didn't want him, so someone was going to get him. Yeah. Blazers they they just, wanted Trey Young. Just give up CJ McCollum, man. Get Luka Doncic. What's the problem? I don't think the Mavs would have taken that deal. I have no idea what the Mavs. I mean, the Mavs got to. No, it's not. The, it's the Hawks. The oh, Hawks right, wanted right. Trey Young, so um, clearly they really wanted Trey Young. So yeah. no, they wouldn't have taken that. Um, but you know, maybe CJ McCollum and something else. 
Maybe. I mean, that could have been a franchise-defining moment for the Blazers had they done that, right? Like, you get Luka Doncic. He's everything you think he's going to be. And just like that, the Blazers are a legit threat for the next, you know, seven years. That would be cool. Maybe longer if, if Doncic is really that good. If only. And then I could deliver the mail myself to his house in Portland. Exactly. Because that's what this is all about. Yeah. Obviously. Luka. Okay. That was our NBA preview. Yeah. That's quite fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it, man. Celtics Sixers kicks off real soon. Yeah, we're going to watch that. Three hours from now. Cannot wait. By the time you hear this, it's probably uh, just about starting or started or yeah. over, depending on when you're listening. Yeah. This will be released before that game starts. Yeah. All right. Let's do our, um, our final segment, which is our best bets segment. Okay. We do every week. Um, how many bets you got this time around? I have four. Um, I don't think we need to bet all of them or anything. And mm-hmm. um, two of them are NBA, so we'll get some different type of bets than we've had because so far all of our single-game bets have been NFL bets, so I have a couple single-game NBA That's bets great. that I'm interested in. Yeah. How about you? Um, I have one NBA bet, and I have one NFL bet. Okay. So why don't you go first? All right. So speaking of Jimmy Butler... The Timberwolves are in turmoil. Yes. Um, they are going to play the Spurs on Wednesday mm. in San Antonio. And the Timberwolves are plus three. I like the Timberwolves side. Look at you. Okay. Yeah. Talk to talk to us about why. Uh, this is anti-public. That's I think the I, public perception is you're going to play Popovich, who's got his shit together, yeah. and this team that is like at least reasonably good. The Timberwolves all hate each other. There's no way they're going to you know get out of this thing alive. And yeah. So I'm going opposite of that. They're just going to be fine. Towns is going to be like, fuck you, Jimmy Butler. I'm amazing. Look at me score 34 points in the first game. I will say it it does feel like a sucker's line. It's hard to believe the Spurs are only favored by three at home in this spot, which is a great reason to bet on the T-Wolves. So I don't hate that at all. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, what else you got? Do you want me to go NBA or NFL? Whatever you want. It's your life, man. All right, I'll go NBA. Okay. The Clippers host the Denver Nuggets. Okay. And the Clippers are plus one. Which doesn't feel like enough. Yeah. So I want to bet on the Clippers. That's that's how you do anti-public. Anti-public, yeah. Yeah, how could they only be plus one? Like the Nuggets are so much better than the I Clippers, I mean, we're right? at home. They're yeah. at home. So that that's worth a few points. That's worth like three points, two and a yeah. half points for the, for the Clippers. But even so, Nuggets are so much better. Yeah. That's cool. All right. That's a pretty good one, too. Okay. So you're really getting the hang of this anti-public thing. I, I, I learn. Yeah. All right. Anything else? You got two more. Two more. All right. So, NFL, uh, we got the Bears, who are plus three and a half at against home. The Patriots. Against yeah. the Patriots. So, I feel like a lot of people are going to be on the Patriots in that one. Only okay. w- w- with the Bears only getting three and a half points. So, mm-hmm. I want to bet the Bears side on that. Okay. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I was looking at that one, too. And I, I felt like I could make sort of a good case either way. Like... You could say like, wow, the Bears are three and two. They've got one of the best. They got this incredible defense. They're at home and they're still getting three and a half points from a Patriots. But they just know. lost to the Dolphins, who got destroyed by the Patriots. That is true. They did just lose. The Patriots look like they're now sort of revving it up yeah. offensively. Um, so that's a reason to bet on the Bears. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Cool. I guess I'll just give my last one then. Yeah. The other one that feels a little bit off is that the Rams might be getting a few too many points against the 49ers. So let's bet on the Rams at minus 10 at home against the 49ers. Oh, that's interesting. I had the other side of that. Well, the 49ers just took Aaron Rodgers to the woodshed and almost beat him. Yeah. And uh, so I feel like the public is going to be like thinking, like, why would the Rams get 10 full points on San Francisco? Oh, and it's in San Francisco. 
Sorry, I said it was in LA. See, but. I think it's the opposite that the people are gonna be like, oh my god, the Rams are six and zero. They're the best team in the league. The 49ers, even when spotted all this stuff, still lose to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Like hmm. the, the Rams have got this, you know, super high octane offense. The the 49ers don't even have Jimmy Garoppolo, and it'll be sort of like a lazy, like they look at the 49ers record, which is not good, and we'll just think they're terrible and sort of like to discount the fact that they're playing at home and stuff like that. So you could make the opposite. The way you said it, too, this is one of the things you have to be careful with with this stuff. Because yeah. I saw it, I'm like, wow, San Francisco getting 10 points at home sounds pretty good to me, you know? Well, that's, that feels like the public perception. I mean, they're trying to make it so that way, you know, it's 50-50. So they're looking... So both these viewpoints are sort of represented, I yeah. guess, with this line. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced either way. I, I feel like 10 points is a lot of points, man. But obviously the Rams are more than capable of winning by, by that much. Yeah. That looks not terrible, though. I also... This is also based on... I think the that people generally overrate the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers and the historical evidence of, mm-hmm. of them being good with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. So they think that it's more meaningful that San Francisco went to Green Bay and only lost by three. Mm. And the Rams are, in fact, significantly better than the Packers. It was a very showy loss. Like, it's Monday Night Football, yeah. all these kinds of things. And 10 points, like, because they only lost by three. If they, yeah. if they ended up losing by 14, then it, may, then it wouldn't be a showy loss in this way, right? right. But it was. Yeah, you know, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I'm semi-convinced on all your bets. Okay. What are your bets? Well, one of them was the other side of that. Yeah. And my other one is Kawhi plus 850 to win the MVP. I, yeah. Can we get that? That's on FanDuel, apparently. Okay. I got, I got a note that that was on FanDuel. And so if that's true, then yes. On Pinnacle, it's even better, but we can't get it in the yeah. US. So, um, so I, it wasn't as good on, um, like, I looked on Nitrogen. They have it. They have the number lower. Mm-hmm. They have it like at six fifty, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good enough." I really want ten to one. Like ten to one to me is like the dream. <laughs> well, we're not going to get that. I know, but I, um, I, I could bet that. I could bet Kawhi. I like season long bets anyway, so it's fun. And and you know, going back to the thing we've been talking about, if we, I, I really think you know, barring some weird thing happening, barring Donovan Mitchell becoming you know the MVP, which kind of that kind of thing happens once in a while. Sure, Ben, ben Simmons just becomes the MVP, right? Yeah. But barring something like that. The four guys who are most likely to win are Giannis, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Kawhi. And Kawhi is the best price? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, although I haven't looked at FanDuel, but I assume that's because LeBron is like the favorite. And can then we, Anthony Davis and, and Giannis are both like in the top four or five. Can we, instead of blindly betting Kawhi here, just bet out of those four guys who has the best price? I know it won't be LeBron. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is going to be Kawhi. Okay. Um, yeah. That's great. I mean, I think, I think that's a really nice bet. All right. I'm in. I'm in for that. Cool. All right. You so want, we got that one. You what are we going to do? The T Wolves one plus three. Yeah, it feels horrible. Let's do it. What about the Clippers plus one versus oh, the Nuggets? God. That feels awful too. So that means you should extra do that. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, I'm just going to write these down so I don't get them wrong as I have in the past. So we got Clippers plus one apparently because it's horrible. Um, T Wolves plus three. Yep. And I don't think we came to consensus on either NFL thing. Yeah, the Bears one and what was the other one? Oh, the San Francisco one. Yeah, I don't feel as I don't feel as clear about those personally. I feel like I could make the case the opposite cases easier anyway. Yeah, on those. All right, so we're doing three bets. We're doing uh, Kawhi season long, and we're doing the Timberwolves and Clippers. Yes. All right, we got to remember on Wednesday to tweet out our best bets. Yeah, we got to do it before the games. Yeah, we could actually do it uh, today even. Yeah, we should do that. That's great. Okay. Oh, we got to do Survivor pool too. Oh yeah, about to wrap it up, but we still have the Survivor. 
For those of you who are still alive, I don't know how many of you are left. I mean, it's been a rough year as far as upsets are concerned. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nitrogen, who is our sponsor on all our other stuff, so that's why they have they run a bunch of survivor pools, and in their um, second biggest one, there's something like 45 Bitcoin. No, I think it's 30 Bitcoin for first place. It's the only place. 30 Bitcoin are in it. No, 40. It's 45. It's like a lot of money. Yeah, and uh, it's a Bitcoin buy-in, and uh, they started with like 144 entries. No, it was 45 entries. Obviously, there's yeah. six people left. You know, it's like, wow. no, there's four people left. And the other, and the one and a half Bitcoin buying, there's six people left. There's four people left vying for this 45 Bitcoin. It's like, wow. oh my God, someone's going to make so much money. That's this a, is crazy. That's you a know? big one. I mean, it's, you know, one Bitcoin, it's expensive buy-in, 7K yeah. buy-in. But like there, and this is just the way it is. Like everywhere, there's like 10% of the field left or 15% of the field only. So let's look at what we got this week in Survivor. There's not a whole lot of greatness this week. We kept passing on the Rams and passing on the Rams, and this is the one of the best games left for the Rams. Yeah, we should probably take the Rams. They are at San Francisco, as we were talking about. They are 10-point favorites, as we know. After this, they host Seattle in Week 10, which is pretty good, but not as good. I think Seattle's coming on a little bit, too. Seattle does seem they to be... They just fucking yeah. obliterated the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, right now, they're looking like 8-point favorites against Seattle, but we're 10-point favorites here right now. That's pretty good. Um, their only other really good spots are in week 16 and 17. And because this has been such a brutal year in Survivor, oftentimes you're not going to get to week 16. This, it's going to be over before then. Yeah. So the only real spots left for the Rams are right now in week 10. So this is a reasonable spot. Problem. The 22% of yeah. the field is on it. 20%, but that's not the It's not 50% or 40%. It's still, it's still the most. Yeah. It's not ideal. But we don't want to go through our season and not use the Rams. It, this should actually, so this is a good time to talk about a little bit of extra survivor strategy here. Yeah. Because if you're in a pool where it's like you and two other people and they haven't used the Rams. Now you don't use the Rams. Yeah, but if they have used the Rams, you absolutely use the Rams. Right, right. You take the free space, as yeah. they like to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do that. Um, that's exactly right. And so this is, it's great because in survivor pools, you can see what everyone's done. So you should be able to look and know exactly what your opponents have done. And you need to figure out, you, can, you should be able, if you only have like 10 people or less in your survivor pool, you should be able to game out what a lot of them are going to do based on how they've been picking. Right. You know, and where they are. You should be able, now you're not always going to be perfect, but like I've absolutely game stuff out with like 10, 10 players left and be able to like, oh, cool. Everyone's going to take the Raiders. I'm taking the Chargers. You know, and everyone took the Raiders. I took the Chargers and the Raiders lost kind of a thing. You know, like that's absolutely happened. Conversely, if say, say you have, this could be a fun nuclear option game. If like, say there's six people left in your survivor pool and none of them use the Rams yet. And you can take the Niners if they all take the Rams. The thing is you have to be 100% sure no one else is going to game it all out. Yeah. Because if anyone else games it out, then it's a disaster. That's true. So you need to know. And it's unlikely because most of the people who are taking the big favorite every week are gone, long right. gone. Because that's week one, you know, with the Saints. Yeah. Um, and Minnesota and stuff right. like that, you know. So, so it's probably not something you – the nuclear option probably isn't going to work this year as well as it normally might. That would be, that would be, this would be a good game for it, though. But if there's like three players left and the guys haven't taken the Rams, they really might just take the Rams and you cannot take the Rams. Yeah. And, Win a lot of the win more often than you're supposed to, sort of. Yeah. So that that's pretty good. The the other thing that makes the Rams really attractive though is the lack of other good options. The best next best option, just in terms of a favorite, is the Colts hosting Buffalo. That's a trash fire. Although they, their Buffalo's quarterback is out. Buffalo's three out. and three, but yeah, now they have Peterman. So well, Peterman or they um they they also have uh. Who's the guy? Oh, yeah, Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. So that's who they may be. Derek Anderson, who was like washing dishes in some diner somewhere two weeks ago, now may be starting for them because Peterman's so damn bad. But either way, that's their quarterback. So Indianapolis is a seven and a half point favorite at home. 
17.5% of Yahoo users are on that too. So between the two, I think we just take the Rams. Yeah. Unless you know everyone's taking the Rams in your pool, and then you can take the Colts. Right. After that, no one else is going to There also isn't going to, like, if your pool is still pretty big, there's probably not going to be another great time to take the Colts. That's a, that's a really good point. Actually, there isn't. That's a great point. So it's a good time to burn the Colts also. Yeah. Um, if you if you got a lot of weeks left here, the there aren't any other really good spots. T- uh, the Chargers are six and a half point favorites against Tennessee. Twelve percent of users are on them. Uh, after that, there's a few six point favorites: KC and Atlanta. A lot of people are on Atlanta. Eighteen percent, ten percent on KC. So I really like. I think using burning the Colts is not bad at all. If there's a bunch of people left. If, it, if people have already taken the Rams, you can take the Rams and like almost always get the free week and everyone else has got a tougher spot where they're just not nearly as big of favorites as you're going to be. And that's pretty yeah. sweet. So I think those are, those are probably the two most obvious guesses, even though they're also the two most used guesses, you know, like the, the, the population wise. Mm-hmm. But the populations are so small now, it changes it. Like, you know, two, 22% of the field is on it, but there's only 10 players left. That means two people out of yeah. the 10. Like, that's okay. Yeah. If there's 250 players left, now it matters because you can wipe out a whole bunch of, of opponents. You right. know? It's not that big a deal to lose two opponents right now. We're trying to win the pool here. Yep. You know? I mean, obviously, we want to lose two opponents, but like, yeah. be, surviving is really important, too. It's called survivor pool. That is correct. Also, pool is really important. Yeah, because... It's called survivor. Because if you don't use chlorine, it gets real dirty. And there's a pass... Up to Jalen Brown. He takes the three. It's a swoosh. It's a three-pointer swoosh for Jalen Brown. And the Celtics are now down by 11 for Jalen Brown's three-pointer. What, what voice is that? I'm doing sort of a combination of, like, old-timey uh, sportscaster and, like, a Boston accent. <laughs> okay. Putting them all together. That's what's happening. Cool. Yeah. I think it's time to end. What's this? Joel Embiid is... He's leaving the floor. He's he's buying two beers at once. He's chugging the beers. The Celtics are on offense. There's no center on defense. And B comes back. He blocks it. He blocks it while chugging a beer. The beers have made him stronger. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs>